Thanks everyone for coming. Uh, Thank this, you. this class is called Herbal Meditation Allies, and I'm going to be talking about a few different, uh, I'm going to sample a few different things and talk about a few different aspects of herbal healing that is very conducive and beneficial for supporting a spiritual practice. We're familiar with yoga. Obviously, we're at a retreat where we're talking a lot about yoga, yoga philosophy, um, doing asana and other forms of yoga, uh, devotional yoga in the form of music and so on. The sister science to yoga is Ayurveda. And Ayurveda is the, the healing system of India, um, traditional uh, holistic natural medicine. And uh, Ayurveda is, uh, is now mo mostly being used as, uh, as a uh, healing modality, remedial for um, treating illnesses, balancing digestive problems, and so on. But classically, Ayurveda and yoga are deeply interrelated. And you could say that they're different sides of the same coin. So whereas yoga is really focused on the internal work of psychology and integrating integration of the, the subtle body and the mind and things like this, Ayurveda is really about the, the physical, what, what can, what, how do we eat, what kinds of herbs do we take, and so on. So Ayurveda is, you know, we have this kind of working from the inside out, which is the, the yoga approach, and working from the outside in, which is the Ayurvedic approach. But it, we don't hear a lot that Ayurveda and yoga are very much enmeshed with, with each other and use a very similar vocabulary and similar set of concepts. And the reason is because they're, they're both going for the same kind of goal. So according to Ayurveda, there are three stages of herbal healing. And the lowest level of herbal medicine is uh, treating disease. So when a problem arises, we apply the antidote, we want to bring the the person or the body-mind complex back into equilibrium. The middle level of, of healing with Ayurveda is um, vitality and longevity. So we're not just looking at, you know, the Western definition of health, which is the absence of disease. We're looking at how do we improve vitality, improve wellness, give ourselves better concentration and um, a longer lifespan so that we can do more with our, with our lives. And that's just, but that's just the middle level. The highest level is using herbs and nutrition for spiritual development. So implicit in Ayurveda is that we're not limited by our biological reality, that we can push the limits of our biology and in fact go beyond biology into the spiritual realm using these things that uh, are part of our natural world. Here we're looking at a, a class of herbalism called Soma. In um, traditional Ayurveda, Soma was, and, and yoga philosophy both really, Soma is thought of as uh, nectar or amrit, the, the nectar of immortality, you know, the uh, nectar and amrit both have the same, the same literal meaning, which is to basically retard aging or to stop death. Mrit in amrit, mrit as in mort, as in mortality, and ah is in negation, so negating mortality. And same thing with nectar. And soma was thought to be this substance that could do that. There's a lot of kind of controversy around soma. Um, many, I've, I've heard that, that people believe that it was a specific plant, um, an entheogenic plant that induced um, spiritual moods through kind of mind-altering experiences. <laughs> Nobody knows exactly what that plant was, and it's, 
And if, th if this is accurate, it's quite possible that Soma was driven to extinction by over-harvesting because people were trying to extract the spiritual juice from the, from the plant. Um, but in, in yoga, it, on the more philosophical side, uh, Soma is thought to be uh, the, the result of advanced states of meditation, of deep states of meditation, and that we're not actually trying to ingest Soma in order to trigger these uh, entheogenic experiences from the outside, but that we're developing our own capacity to bring on these intense spiritual experiences through our practice. So even within Soma, there are differences of opinion about what Soma might be. Um, you know, we have a lot of examples of other entheogenic herbs like uh, psilocybin, ayahuasca, um, that are you know, largely used as recreational drugs now, but within the right context and guidance, they uh, can bring on these intense spiritual experiences. But at the same time, the, it's like getting a glimpse behind the curtain, but not actually gaining access. You get a sense of what that intense kind of exper spiritual experiences are, but because you're using something from outside of yourself to trigger it, it fades. Mm -hmm. So we can get a sense with those kinds of intense entheogens, but we still have to do the inner work and find the soma within our own selves. So... Um, Many of us here are probably familiar with the notion that we ignite the kundalini or the yogic fire, the tumal, and then when, the, when we blaze the fire in the navel, it, it causes the soma at the crown to melt, and then as it oozes down the central channel, we have these intense, uh, increasing states of intense bliss and absorption with reality. So that's, that's really what we're going for. You know, we don't want to just get high and say that we had a nice spiritual experience. We're trying to become stable in these spiritual experiences and be able to recreate them within our meditation practice. So what exactly is going on here? I don't really know. Maybe there's a, a hormone that's secreted under certain uh, physiological conditions. Maybe it's a psychological state. We don't really know, but we, but we do know that Soma is referring to an experience, but that experience is often thought of as caused by the, these entheogenic substances. I'm not looking at that class of entheogens, the really intense entheogens. The term entheogen means an herb that engenders spiritual moods or a spiritual state of mind. And so we hear that used a lot with, with, with reference to ayahuasca and psilocybin. Um, but there are other entheogens that don't have that kind of intense stimulation. And uh, so that's what we're looking for here. The herbs that we're looking at are mostly, from the perspective of Western herbalism, are adaptogens. And adaptogens are herbs that are essentially concentrated in special nutrition and that regular use of adaptogens strengthen the body's overall resilience. So we're adding nutrition to the body that helps the, the body uh, do its job better than normal. So again, we're not looking at that absence of disease. We're looking at strengthening and enhancing the, the system's capacity. So we are using adaptogens, to use the Western term, to strengthen and stabilize our physiology so that we can more effectively achieve deeper states of meditation so that we can find the soma for ourselves. One of the cool things about these soma herbs, these um, entheogenic herbs, is that they have a component of ritual and practice built into the way that they're used. One of the things I hope to convey in this class 
is that if you're interested in using uh, herbs, entheogens, um, soma herbs in your practice, that you will build it into the ritual or the ceremony or the, the way that you set up your space for your meditation practice. Uh, I want to mention another term from Ayurveda, rasayana. Rasa means juice or nutrition or some kind of substantive lubrication. Rasa is about using foods and herbs that are increasing our juiciness, mm -hmm. so to say. Um, and of course, yana, we know from Hinayana, Mahayana, and Vajrayana means vehicle or path. So we're looking at the path of juiciness. Yeah. <laughs>